How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast, where we are helping guys lead their family well. Uh, if that's you, if you want to stumble your way to spiritual leadership, you're trying to figure out what that looks like, we'd love to have you come be part of our little community. You can do that by going to dadtired.com. Click the community tab. It will link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Today was a hard episode to record. Um, I've been avoiding it for a long time, mainly because I, I just didn't feel like I had my own thoughts processed well. And, uh, and so I've been avoiding it. What we're talking about today is church. Like, do you need to be involved of, in a church? Do you need to be part of a local church? What if you've been hurt by the church? What if you don't really even believe that what our church looks like today is anything what it should be or what it was back in the Bible times and post Jesus? And so we're just trying to figure out like, well, I guess we're just wrestling through those questions together on today's episode. So uh, anyway, if you resonate with any of that, or you have some friends who resonate with that, I think today's episode is going to be especially helpful for you. I also want to let you guys know before we dive in, um, the Dad Tired book um, is available for pre-sale on Amazon. This is an actual book where we are talking about what it looks like to be the spiritual leaders of our home. Very practical stuff in there. Um, also, tons of stories of where uh, I felt like I may have got it right, and a lot of stories of where I failed miserably. Uh, it, I've been it's been getting in more and more hands of like media people as they've been reviewing the book. And what I keep hearing is how funny the book is. So it's always weird to be like, "Hey, my book's funny," or you know, "I'm funny." That no funny person ever actually says that. <laughs> Um, but anyway, people keep saying what I keep hearing the feedback on is it's like a really funny book. Um, so if you want like a light hearted, uh, not take myself too seriously, some funny stories, but also some really like deep stuff on, as far as how to lead your family well, and some really practical stuff on how to lead your family well, uh, I think the book's going to be helpful for you. Pick it up, pick up some for your friends and a thousand of your friends and all your church and all that good stuff. Uh, always so weird promoting your book, but I really am excited about it. I, th- I think it's the best uh, resource that we've ever put out, including this podcast, any other devotional we've done. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about all the stuff we're doing, but I poured my heart and soul into the Dad Tired book. So if you haven't pre-ordered it, you can actually get um, Amazon's price match or price guarantee, whatever they call it, where we're, whatever the lowest price is by the time it, it actually goes on sale on September 3rd, you'll get that lowest price. So buy it now. And then they won't actually charge your card until it's uh, released. And whatever the lowest price was is what you will get. I think it's only like 12 bucks, 12, 13 bucks right now. So it's hardcover too. So that's kind of cool. You can pick that up on Amazon. Um, Just search Dad Tired and Loving It and pre-order that. Uh, If you do, send me a screenshot um, of... uh, and I'll enter you into something. I haven't quite figured out what I want to enter you into yet, but just send, send me a screenshot. Let me know you purchased the book and I'll kind of keep that on file. And I'm going to think through something, a cool giveaway to um, anyone who pre-orders. I'll keep you updated on details with that. Uh, before we dive into today's episode, I do want to thank my friends over at Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. I really do like Policy Genius. They're a cool company. They have made getting insurance, especially life insurance, but they do all kinds of insurance. They've made it much more easy for 2019. Um, you know, part of adulthood is having to do things you don't really want to do. Uh, for me, I travel a lot, so I'm, you know, red eye flights and working late hours and for some of you visiting in-laws, I love my in-laws, but some of you, I know you've sent me messages. You say you've got some hard in-laws uh, and getting life insurance. Life insurance is a hard thing to do. It's something you don't even want to think about doing. It's awkward and hard. 
Um, but also another part of adulthood is learning how to delegate the things that you hate doing. And uh, you can't really delegate visiting your in-laws. Like some of you would love that. You'd love if you could just send somebody in your place. <laughs> uh, we can't do that. Um, but one thing you can, you can definitely delegate is uh, life insurance shopping, uh, which is what Policy Genius does. They make it super easy to shop for life insurance online. You can do it in just two minutes. Uh, I've done it. I've gone online and I've d- checked out the whole process. I love it. You can compare quotes from the top insurance uh, insurers and then you find the best price. Price. Once you apply, Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and all the red tape for you. There's no sales pressure. There's no hidden fees. Uh, just financial protection and peace of mind for us as dads and husbands as we're thinking through what would happen. Uh, God forbid we're not around. We want to take care of our families well. Um, the other cool thing is they don't just have home or they don't just have life insurance, but they also have home insurance. They have auto insurance, disability insurance. Um, they'll take care of you, man. They, they make it very, very easy. So if you need life insurance, you just don't want to deal with all the legwork, go to policygenius.com. It's the easiest way to compare all the top insurer, insurers and find the best value for you. Again, that's policygenius.com. Delegate what you hate, especially if you hate the thought of getting life insurance. All right, tackling the question today, does my family really need to go to church? Um, some of you, that's like a very prominent question on the forefront of, uh, forefront of your mind. You're really asking like, I'm just not totally sold on this whole church thing and that we need to be part of a local church. And um, and others of you like, what the heck? How could you even ask that as a Christian? <laughs> uh, so you come kind of all spectrums of thought coming into this episode. I, I fully am aware of that. What I've noticed is what usually happens is the trends of thinking for our culture usually start on the coasts, like West Coast, East Coast, and they kind of move their way inward. Um, so whatever's happening uh, in our culture and shifts in our culture, whether that be spiritual or secular, um, it usually starts on the East Coast or West Coast and then kind of makes its way into the, the middle of the country. That's obviously a generalization. That's not always true. But a lot of trends, again, both secular and spiritual, seem to start on the coasts and work their way in. And one of the trends um, that started, the first time I noticed, I'm not sure when it started, the first time I noticed was actually pretty quickly when I had entered into ministry in 2005. And this was right after I actually got out of high school. I got hired full-time at a church, and I started to see church attendance start to decline pretty like rapidly. I was watching a lot of my friends like just stop going to church, which was weird because I kind of grew up going to church, and that was just part of a normal routine for a lot of my friends. And so to see people just start to stop, you're asking like, okay, well, what's happening? Like, why are people starting to bail out on being part of a church? And I don't know all the reasons. I'm not an expert in any of that. But one of the things that I'm curious about is the fact that social media started to come in pretty heavily right in around that time. And uh, just like internet usage and the ability really to be able to access information really quickly and on demand. So, you know, you started to be able to discover these pastors and these thought leaders from all over the country and the world that you didn't necessarily have access to. And now you can like within 30 seconds pull up messages. Like for me, I remember when I had first discovered Francis Chan, uh, I'd never heard of Francis Chan. And then you, you like you watch a video or something on YouTube and then you're like, Oh dang, this is like good stuff. He's really passionate. It's like pointing me towards Jesus. And then you like binge watch on YouTube or you listen like wherever you can, you can listen to all his sermons 
And you're like, dang, this is like super good stuff. And so you listen to, you know, Francis Chan or whatever, wherever you felt like this is, you're getting some good stuff. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then you show up to church on Sunday and your pastor's like, you know, he's good, but he's like, it's not Francis Chan, right? And you're like, okay, dang, like I'm actually being spiritually fed. I'm actually being pointed closer to Jesus, like when I'm not going to church. And I can like find all this good stuff on demand. And I think what happened is a lot of people said like, why do I really need to go? Like it seems kind of irrelevant to wake up on a Sunday morning, set my alarm on my weekend and get up and go to church when like I'm getting just as good, if not even better stuff and spiritually fed throughout the week. Um, And I felt that, man, like I I, I was feeling that really deeply, even from the very start of my ministry career. Um, But it it really came to a head for me about four years ago when I was actually deeply hurt by the church. And I've heard people say that my whole life. I've heard people say, you know, I was hurt by the church or by the church. And to be honest, if I'm like totally just being real with you, I've always kind of put that on them. Like, okay, yeah, but what's the real story? Like, you were probably super annoying and that's why you got hurt by the church. I'm just being honest with you. Like, that's always what I thought. Like, yeah, you, you probably did something wrong and your pastor, or the church leaders didn't agree with you. And so like, it's probably really on you. Um, but just like the Lord loves to humble people, uh, I was deeply hurt by the church and we've got a lot of listeners to this podcast. So I won't go real deep into that story, but uh, it was the first time where I'm like, I, I was the one saying, man, I'm like, I'm hurt by the church here. This sucks. Like I've been deeply, deeply hurt and I'm giving you like the G version here. Um, cause it was rough, dude. Like I, I was really, really hurt. And in fact, I had made a commitment, like I'm never going to church again. Uh, I'm never going to be part of a church again. Like this is, I can, I can find good stuff online and the church is messy and it's political and there's like drama and you're talking about budgets and it's like, there's just too much. Like, I don't, I don't want to be part of this. And I, and then I said, I'm especially never going to be part of like church leadership again. Like this sucks. I, I, I'm never going to be part of that, which is funny. Like how the Lord does things <laughs> tricked me back into it. Like here I am leading dad tired. I just never even imagined I'd, I'd jump back into it. I didn't, for those of you that are brand new to the podcast, I totally stumbled into this. Like, uh, it was an accident and maybe we can talk more about that later. But anyway, I wasn't trying to start a ministry. I didn't have some long strategic thoughts about starting this worldwide ministry for dads. It just like, anyway, I fell into it. Um, God tricked me. I always say he tricked me back into it. Um, but I had made it, I had made a commitment. Like I'm never going to be part, part of a church again. So, uh, anyway, I know for a lot of you, whether you live on the West coast, East coast, or somewhere in between, um, a lot of you are asking that question. Like, does church need to be part of, do I need to lead my family and, and really take us to church and be part of a local church and be a member at a church and attend a local church and all that? Some of you though are like, you've never even asked that before. Like you're, this is brand new thinking to you. You're like, Jared, I just can't even believe you're even posing this as a question. It's something that we've always done. It's what my family and my great grandparents and my great, great grandparents have done. Um, so I, I know that I've got like a full gamut here, the, the whole spectrum of an audience that's listening to this. But all that being said, I've gotten emails. I've talked to a lot of you. I think just generationally, like for, I know a lot of you listening are somewhere between 24 and 40-ish, um, give or take some years. Um, but even generationally for a lot of us, you're, we're just asking like, what, like, wait, what? Why do I need to go to church? Like, the, is it actually important to wake up on a Sunday morning and to go um, and so you're, you're wrestling through that question one, cause it just, you're not totally convinced like it even makes sense or, or that our churches are anything like what they should be or what they used to be or what God wanted them to be. 
Um, and then some of you um, feel that or and or you're like, you know what, dude, like I've been hurt by the church. I've been deeply, do, deeply hurt by a church leader or a pastor or whatever. And you've kind of made that commitment like, dude, no thanks. Like, I don't want to be part of this. This sucks. And so wherever you're at, like wherever you're at, I, I think it's important to at least know why um, and to ask some kind of deeper questions of yourself. And especially for those of you who are dads and husbands and you're trying to figure out like, what do I want to teach my kids? This is where things get interesting because you may have kind of strong opinions or you may be wrestling through something personally, but now you're trying to figure out like, what do I need to teach my kids about this particular topic? So you you may be like confused. Like I, I'm not sure what I believe about church attendance and being part of a church and being part of a church community. And now I'm tasked with trying to figure out how to teach values about church to my kids. And I don't know what to teach them because I'm not fully sure yet. I'm confused. And so if that's you, man, I, hopefully today's episode is going to, um, you know, give you some kind of clarity on that, on what it looks like to, to try to lead your family towards Jesus in the midst of being a little bit um, confused. So, Let's let's first start. Um, let's first start. I was gonna say like, now that we're like thirteen minutes into this, you know, or however many minutes into this, you know, grab a cup of coffee, let's sit down, and dive into this. Sorry, it took me so long, but I th- I think that like, I think that introduction of like just kind of getting us all on the same page is really important. I, d- I hope that hopefully that wasn't rambling, but a lot of times for our church lead, what our church leaders do, uh, pastors and 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 thought leaders kind of in the church. Oftentimes, they kind of make a whole argument around the verse in Hebrews 10. I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Hebrews 10, I think it starts in verse 24, says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, So the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know, Don't neglect getting together. And then what happens is you hear church leaders say, like, listen, this is clearly in the scripture. God has commanded you to come to church. So if you're not going to church, you're sinning against God. And that may or may not be true. I want to get into that a little bit. But it's always frustrated me when I hear church leaders say that for a couple of reasons. One, I never like when any of us build a whole theology about something based on one verse. That always scares me. Like, I want to see it throughout the scripture. I want to see throughout the scripture this characteristics of God, the heart of God kind of being laid out. I think it's very, very dangerous um, when we start to build up a, like a whole argument based on one verse. Because you can go back and you can make some real bad arguments about God and God's character if you just nitpick or you kind of pull out, cherry pick uh, one verse out of the scriptures and say, like, I'm building a whole theology. I, I think that's very, very dangerous. So that that always kind of frustrated me about that. Like, give me more. Like, as a church leader, tell me more about that. Um, the other thing that's a little bit frustrating is the, and I think is a valid question, is the first question that always comes to mind, like, is, okay, when the writer of Hebrews is saying, get together regularly meet don't don't neglect meeting together regularly is he talking about the same kind of context of church that we see in America in 2019 and i think all of us especially millennials who are kind of re- rebellious we're we're asking like well is that even the same thing like that writer clearly wasn't thinking about um, us showing up to this giant building with fog machines and smoke machines and lights and production. And like, I could go on and on, but I'm guessing that's not what he was talking about. So are you really going to use the verse to try to um, convince me or convict me to go to this church service 
um, when I don't know if that's at all what the, the writer of Hebrews was talking about. And so I think those are valid questions um, to ask. Um, does gathering, does our gathering together in America in 2019 look the same as the gathering back then that the writer of Hebrews was talking about? Or another question that you could ask, kind of a, another fair question would be, um, can I meet together with other Christians and not be part of a formal church? Like, can I still be obedient to that verse and of, of, you know, gathering together as Christians? And yet, do I have to go to part, do I have to like wake up and go to this church on Sunday mornings at nine or 11? Like, is that really what the writer of Hebrews was talking about? Um, so I'm guessing um, for many of you, you've asked those questions and, and maybe you've never asked that question, but now that you've heard it, you're like, oh yeah. And it's starting to resonate deeply. Hey guys, I want to take a quick minute to thank my friends over at HelloFresh for sponsoring this episode. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit service, you'll get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook it and enjoy it. You can say goodbye to the endless grocery store trips and all the takeout food. HelloFresh has you covered. Break out of your dinner rut with 17 seasonal chef curated recipes that they offer each week. There's something for everyone from family recipes to calorie smart, vegetarian, even the fun stuff. They've got like Hall of Fame recipes and craft burgers, all kinds of good stuff. You can easily change your delivery days, your food preferences. You can even skip a week whenever you need. They're very, very flexible. Uh, we love HelloFresh. Last week, we cooked one of our favorite recipes together, the sweet and smoky pork tenderloin. It's so good. It's very easy to make, requires very little cleanup. I actually have Elijah help me out with it. Uh, it's definitely one of our family favorites. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com forward slash tired80. That's eight zero and enter the code tired8080. Again, for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com forward slash tired80. Enter the promo code tired 80 at checkout it's like receiving eight free meals super super good deal again hellofresh.com forward slash tired 80 all right for those of you that you've been wrestling through those questions for years um months years maybe even decades or maybe for those of you that this is like brand new for you and uh you were like totally content and <laughs> showing up to church every week and now you're like oh dang like maybe i should be asking these questions do i really need to go to church well i've been waking up at 8 a.m why am i trying to like yell at my family to get in the car or why is my wife yelling at me like maybe i don't have to go to church maybe jared's onto something here uh wherever you're at on that let me just like let me try to toss some questions out at you that i've been tossing out at myself and that Layla and I have been tossing out at each other for the last probably decade since we've been married. We've really been wrestling through these questions. And, um, and so let me toss some of these questions out at you. And just for you to like get some wheel spinning. Uh, P.S. I think that if you're listening to this alone and, and this is something you've been wrestling through with your wife, I highly suggest sen just sending her over this episode so that she can listen to it too. And then the two of you just like spend some time talking about it. I think it's really, really, really important that we covered this topic and that like you figure out what you're going to do here. And so I think this is one of those episodes that would be helpful for you guys to be on the same page on. Uh, and it might be helpful listening to together. So first I want to give you a little bit of context. Um, I've worked in 
all the kinds of churches. I, I've been on staff at mega churches. I've been a teaching pastor, a discipleship pastor, a worship pastor, a high school pastor. Uh, I've worked at churches with 5,000. I've worked at church now, uh, not worked at, but I'm now part of a church uh, where there's like 40 or 50 of us. Um, a house church where we have no building, we have no staff, we don't really have a you know, like an actual like event budget, program budget or anything. We're just like a group of people trying to study the scriptures together. So I have everything in between, hundreds, thousands, uh, tens, you know. So so I've had a lot of context uh, as far as churches go. And I, I've asked this question. I, I've, I've wrestled through this question. Like, what does church look like? What do I want my kids to grow up? For the last 10 years, and especially, you know, eight years since we've had kids, like, what are the values? What am I trying to lead them to? So here, here's a couple questions again that I want to toss out at you um, if you're if this is resonating at all. Let's just say you ditch church, okay, quote unquote church. Let's say you ditch it because you're not totally convinced that the way that we're currently doing church in America or even for those of you listening in Europe, Australia, I know for a lot of you, all of our churches kind of look similar uh, in many ways. So let's just say you ditched it. You ditched church cause you're not, you're not totally convinced that like we're doing it the way that it was supposed to be or what the church used to be. Um, are you still committed to a regular gathering of believers in whatever shape or form that looks like? So again, I'm playing devil's advocate really on myself, but for you, like the, I think the, the scriptures are clear. Uh, I, I do think it is a command, and I do think it's implied over the long haul, especially in the New Testament, but you can make a case throughout all the scriptures that believers should be getting together regularly. Um, even though there aren't like explicit verses that say like, hey, you should show up to church at 9 a.m. every Sunday. There is the Im- implications of all throughout the scriptures, especially in the New Testament, especially post-Jesus crucifixion, where you see like believers gathering together. It seems, and I mean, just the fact that there are letters written to churches, right? Um, kind of tells us like, oh, churches, the gathering of people together is super important. This is important. This is the way that God has designed things to be together. So then you ask yourself the question based on Hebrews, that verse that, that they, they shout out, uh, that the leaders always point out in Hebrews, um, you know, don't neglect to meet together regularly. So you say, okay, well, I'm not going to meet together regularly because churches aren't really what they're supposed to be or what they used to be, or it's not anything like what Jesus imagined, which P.S. I've asked that question a million times. I've had that thought a million times. Um, so you, you say you're not going to, I guess my question would be for you is, are you still committed to a regular gathering of believers in whatever shape or form that looks like? So for me and kind of my rebellion, I would be like, you know, like church is weird. It's not really what God designed it to be. Like, why don't we just get some friends together whenever it's casual and like we'll eat dinner and we'll talk about Jesus and maybe we'll read scripture and we'll just like encourage each other. We'll, we'll gather together as believers. So that's cool. That sounds awesome. That sounds great. Like, cool. I'm, I'm all for it. But I guess you have to ask yourself, like, is that happening? Does that really happen in your life? Do you schedule something where you have a regular interaction, a gathering of believers um, consistently in your life? If you're on the camp of, I don't really need to go to church, well, then you're asking, I think it's fair as a Christian, if you if you love Jesus and you believe in the ways of the scripture and the way God designed things, you have to ask yourself, am I committed to a regular gathering of believers? Because it seems like, even if you took out that verse in Hebrews, it seems like this is the way God designed things to be, and it's super important. Um, here's another question that I, that I toss out at you. Is there something that your local church is missing, is currently missing, because of your lack of involvement? And I'm not talking about like 
shaking hands or setting up chairs or, you know, you're, you, you're a killer drummer and they don't have a killer drummer on their worship team because you're not showing up. All those things may be great. But really what I'm asking is, is there something about the way God has designed you? God's designed your wife. God's designed your kids. He's put you guys together as a family. Is your church missing something? Is the local body of Christ around you missing something because you're not involved or you're just not there? Or maybe you're there, but you're not like really there. Are they missing something? If we believe that the church is the body of Christ, like beyond like all the, the stuff, the production happening, is the church missing you? Like your unique personalities, your unique perspectives, your unique gifts. Like if you were having dinner with these believers, if you were hanging out with these believers on a more regular basis, would they be getting something more that they're currently missing because you're not there? Here's the thing. Like the Bible says, equip the saints for the work of ministry. Like, bro, you're, you're in ministry. Like you're actually, you're the one supposed to be out doing the work, not your pastor and not the church staff. Like it's you. You and your family and your kids, like everyone's on the team here. Everyone's got a role to play. And so is your, like, are, is that job, is that role, is that description like missing because you're not there? That body, that part of the body is like not active because you guys aren't there. You're not part of it. And that's, I think that's like a game changer. That was for Layla and I like, okay, yeah, maybe we're frustrated by different things about the church, but regardless of what church we're going to, but like, has God designed us uniquely individually, but even more importantly, together as a family, that maybe if we were just part of the local church, there's another family or there's a person, or maybe there's like a young adult who's not married that just needs to see a healthy marriage or the see they, maybe there's someone that didn't have a dad and they need to see me parenting my kids or someone that had no concept of what it looks like to be a faithful husband that engages and leads his wife. And I just need to like have that dude or that person over for dinner often just to watch us be married. Like, are they missing that because we're not fully involved there? And that's really what I mean for you is like, what do you have? What is the unique things that God has made you to be? The The unique personality that God gave you that is missing that you're actually holding something back from a fellow believer, a fellow brother and sister in Christ, because you're just not engaged. Um, that takes a, a kind of a perspective change for you to think like that. Here's, here's one of the last questions I'll ask you. Is there something that your church, your local church offers that is missing in your qu- Christian walk because you're not part of it um, or you're not involved? And again, I'm not talking about like a program or a VBS or you know, some, uh, some event happening that, well, because you're not involved, you missed the volunteer Sunday where you guys all pack up lunches or whatever. Like that, that, that's, that stuff's all fine. It's cool, whatever. But really what I'm saying is like, is there something that your church is off, the local church is offering that you're not getting because you're not really involved? Let me be on it. Let me just like make this very, very practical. I'm not talking about worship experience. I'm not talking about a cool teaching. Um, let me be really honest for a second here. You can find both of those things. Amazing teaching. You can find an, an awesome worship, uh, really great music, really phenomenal teaching uh, in the next 30 seconds by just looking at the phone that you're currently li- probably listening to this podcast on. You can like go very, very quickly and start binge watching uh, sermons. You can start binge watching or binge listening to, to good sermons. You can listen to some really good music literally in the next 30 seconds on your phone. You can find all of those things, but here's what you won't find 
on your phone in the next 30 seconds. You will not find accountability. You will not find discipline. You're not going to find fellowship. Those things you cannot find on your phone in the next 30 seconds. Um, And here's the perspective that I think all of us, if we're kind of thinking through this and wrestling through this, needs to shift in our mind. If we are, um, for lack of better words, dumbing down church to a Sunday morning event where we want to be fed by a teaching, um, we we have a very skewed perspective on what the church was designed to be. Listen, like, bro, you, you for sure can find better teaching, um, most likely than the church that you're sitting under. All of our pastors aren't, you know, these Francis Chans and Matt Chandlers and all these people, you know, that put, putting on these amazing messages um, for us. And we can go find those very quickly. Um, but there are certain things that God, God designed the church to be way more than just like a teaching Sunday more experience. What Sunday morning experience, what he actually designed it to be is this community where you actually find some accountability where you can be disciplined as much as I even hate to say that as a young adult and where you'll find fellowship. Like here's the reality. Um, my little church, we get together. Like I said, we've got, there's, you know, 40, 50 of us and our families get together and we study the scriptures together. We don't even have paid staff. Okay. So there's no like pastor who's putting together hours and hours and hours to put together this amazing message with PowerPoint. Like we're all volunteering our time to kind of lead the scriptures every Sunday where we open up the Bible and we just ask good questions and we study the scriptures and we study the context of the Bible and all that stuff. Now, listen, some of you are hearing this. I just want to say this little caveat. Discipleship is hard whether you have 40 people or you have 40,000 people. Like it's hard regardless. So if I'm painting a picture where you think like, oh, that sounds amazing. They probably do church way better than we do. It's Listen, bro, it's hard all the time. Regardless how many people are at your church, the context of how you've set it up, it's hard all the time. Um, but what I'm saying is like we don't have any phenomenal teaching stuff. So really like I can go and find better teaching somewhere else, but I'm not going to the church because there's some great teaching. What I'm going for is is one, uh, I want to find some good fellowship uh, and I want God to use me and my wife and my kids to hopefully give something to the church. But also, like, bro, if I go off the rails, which I'm sinful and I'm, I'm human, like if I start to go off the rails, there needs to be some built-in accountability for me. Um, this is like godly leadership. This is what it means to lead your family well, to actually submit yourself to God and the authority. Like there's older, wiser men around me at our little church who, man, this has literally happened. If I start to go like sideways and I'm, I'm treating my wife poorly or I'm going off the rails a little bit, you better believe I've got some men around me who are like, Jared, bro, like, nope, not going to happen. And there's some accountability there and there's some discipline. It's all in good love, but they will be hard on me and they will say some really hard things to me. And so I think for those of you that are just like asking that question, do we really need to be part of the church? I can be fed elsewhere. Listen, bro, I've asked that question a million times, but as I try to become more of a man and more spiritually mature, what I'm learning is if I really want to man up, like I need to submit myself to some authority and to really be able to say, like, I'm going to invite accountability and discipline in my life. So, yes, uh, I can find better teaching somewhere else, but I'm going to the church, one, because I want to serve, not just like shake hands and set up chairs, but I, I want to serve by just giving of myself relationally to other people because I think other people in our church need that. Um, I want the fellowship. I just want to talk to other Christians for sure and just like encourage each other. 
But I also, as a man, know that if I'm really going to man up, like I need some accountability, I need some discipline, I need some guys around me that are going to ask me some hard questions. So I think, man, that might be the most important question that I toss your way. And um, that's been a learning experience for me. Uh, We're going a little bit long here, so I'll just wrap up by saying this. Um, God's strategy for like his missional strategy, um, God's, God's plan for saving the world was when he said this, this is crazy to me. God said that they will know you by your love for one another. I'm pretty sure that's John 14. I don't have in front of me. I'm a terrible, (laughs) uh, I should have prepared more for that, but I'm pretty sure in John 14 is when God talks about, when Jesus talks about the way that they're going to know you're my disciples is the way that you love one another. This is crazy. God's strategy for saving the world was setting up a church, a community of people who will love each other really, really well. It wasn't a church service. It wasn't a cool building. It wasn't fog machines or amazing worship services or the best teaching. It wasn't events or programs. His strategy was getting his people together regularly and loving each other, having them love each other with great sacrifice and then inviting the rest of the world to watch it. That's his strategy. Like to save the world, I want my people to get together regularly. I want you to love each other with really great sacrifice. And then I want you to invite the rest of the world to come and watch. And I can tell you, I've been part of church community where it's rare, but I've seen this, where we've had groups of people together who are genuinely loving, Christians loving other Christians sacrificially where they're spending high amounts of time with each other and they're pouring out their lives for each other with both their time and their money and they're giving their stuff for each other, for each other. And then you invite non-Christians, people who have yet to believe the message of Jesus. You invite them to come and watch that. And I've watched as people have surrendered their life to Jesus because they've seen the way one Christian or a group of Christians have loved each other really, really well. And so I guess I'm just asking myself, I'm asking you, like, how else do you plan on partnering with God to accomplish that mission if you aren't connected with believers locally and regularly? Um, For sure, bro. Like, I love that you listen to this podcast and all the other podcasts that you listen to to draw closer to God. But God's plan for saving the world is that his disciples would love each other deeply and sacrificially. And how else are you going to do that? And so if you just feel like, man, I, I can be fed other somewhere else, for sure you can. If you feel like I've been deeply hurt by the church and I'm never going to do it again, bro, like I felt that. I felt that deeply. But we continue to step in to be part of a local community. We continue to take that verse in Hebrews, hopefully in deeper context here, where we meet together regularly for a few reasons. Number one, we want to give of ourselves because we think if we don't, there's something missing in the local church. There's also, we will be missing something. We will be missing accountability, which as men we need, we need discipline and we need fellowship. We need to gather around. And most importantly, we want to be partnering with God to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want to see the advancement of God's kingdom all throughout the world. And his strategy to do that is to put believers together regularly and to say, love each other really, really well and invite the world to watch. So my question to you is, man, like how else is that going to happen? Whether you're involved in a church on a regular basis or you're not going to church right now at all or you're somewhere in between, hopefully this gives you a better perspective on what God's design for the whole church thing was. I love you guys. I hope this episode was helpful. I'll see you next week. Later. 
Hey guys, just a reminder, if you haven't had a chance to pick up the Dad Tired and Loving It book, a brand new book that launches in September 3rd, we would love to have you pick that up to start stumbling your way to spiritual leadership. If you really are committed to leading your family well, this is the book that's going to help you do that. Again, click the link in the show notes or just go to Amazon and click or and search for Dad Tired and Loving It book. Make sure to pre-order a copy. You'll get the best price before it launches also, if you haven't had a chance to pick up my friend Aaron and Jennifer's new book, Marriage After God, definitely going to want to check out that. Uh, it is one of the best-selling marriage books on Amazon right now, and for good reason. They are no bull uh, couple who is always going to point you back to the Bible and back to the way that God designed marriage. Make sure to pick up their book, Marriage After God. Again, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, thanks again for listening. Love you guys. See you.